0: Oh, God, I wrote this prompt before I found out more about all of this, and now I've really lost faith in it. But hey, what other children's literary characters could be repurposed into slasher films? But let's make this one good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is cheating, because it's kind of already been done. Oh. But in Wonderland, because American ah. McGee obviously made an amazing... Um, video game series. Yes, the video game
0: series. That's yeah. what I was wondering if you were getting at. Yeah, yes. Um, where
1: she is basically a Sasha, um, and it's so good. And now, like, yeah. As someone who has an Alice Wonderland tattoo, <laughs> I yeah. I am half on team literary and half on team American McGee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair, and you have appropriated it so that the Alice could be either, and it's kind of freaky. Freaky. It's a freaky Alice And that's what we were all crying out for In this game <laughs> I feel like that's really good Because Alice in Wonderland Really lends herself to freakification
1: Freakification
0: Her story is freaky Both, like uh, There's both right Through the Looking Glass and Just advent- Wonderland
1: Adventures Underground actually But
0: yeah Ah okay mm. Mm. You see that's the Disneyfication getting to me
1: Disneyfication yeah,
0: Disneyfication it affects us all. <laughs> Did you know that in the original Peter Pan, he actually doesn't go to Neverland? He just—he's just a guy who shows up.
1: Yeah, and then they call the police and he goes yeah, to Yeah, they show. call the police. It's yeah. a
0: really dark story, actually. It's all about stranger danger, and Disney turned it to a movie where you fly away and have an adventure with him.
1: Daddy, he said that he was a child, but he's like forty years old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, it was incorrect to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> Good Thing, the podcast that used to be a beloved children's story before Goodman, the Goodman abandoned me. Now it's this. I'm Hi. Poulter- <laughs> <laughs> hey folks, I'm pulter for Robin, and I am wandering into the deep and verdant 100 Acre Recommendations Month, and I'm not going alone. I've dragged with me my incredulous friend,
1: Katie Maiden. Hi everyone, Hi, I'm back.
0: Hi. She is back, <laughs> and you may have heard Katie in previous OGTs and all the Screen Mayhem podcasts that she's done.
1: Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: there have been a lot. Last time we was the last time you were here, us both unfortunately ripping the shit out of in time in front of Jen.
1: No. Last time I was here it was Black Adam.
0: Oh no. Yeah, Black we Adam. did I did
1: two in a row. I did Firestarter and Black Adam, That's which was right. after In Time. And Black Adam was honestly still, even having watched Blood and Honey <laughs> probably the worst film I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. I mean my god, this is at least a hell of a lot shorter. Yeah. Oh, Yes, but that was also a destruction of a beloved children's property, though, because of uh, the the, the rock being in it.
1: Oh, he's still beloved to me.
0: He is beloved. He just needs to start making better decisions. (laughs) Anyway, together we're taking on the cruel abandonment of beloved patron Mark Reed, who has promised to come back with Honey and Sandwiches if we do a good job of reviewing Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. You know, you're the first person I ever shown this place to. And Why am I so special?
1: Because soon we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. We should be close now.
0: We're not going to find them.
1: We will. Pooh, Piglet,
0: Eeyore. We were friends for many years, and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave, now. I really need to find out what's happened here, okay?
1: Um, like, bringing us like to to my door. Like, is he gonna yeah. bring me honey sandwiches to my He's front door?
0: Going to get in touch and arrange a convenient way of doing that. Okay, because like might, that's you, I, I, <laughs> keep it keep it in the, keep it the workplace. I think make it have him come to the workplace. I'm not sure I want honey. him to come to my workplace.
1: <laughs> reception. Would Look, be like what we can't the fuck? all
0: we can't all choose how Mark Reed comes to us, but it we're always grateful when he does. So. Winnie the Pooh, A Little History Lesson, is an endearing British children's book character created by A.A. A. Milne and illustrator E.H. Shepard, uh, originally published in Punch magazine in 1924, and then collected into a book of short stories in 1926, first published work. Stephen Schlesinger acquires the American and Canadian rights in 1930, four years after. Disney expresses an interest in an adapt- adaptation to animated film as early as 1938, so very early on. Um, I guess Schlesinger was too tough a nut to crack because they end up getting the rights directly from Milne's widow, Dorothy, and Schlesinger's widow, Shirley, in 1961, <laughs> 30 years later. Wow. You know, sometimes women just have to be patient and wait for the men to die before you can do some business.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what was that medieval poem you shared with me recently where it was like, please, oh, please yes, that, don't, the, don't the live too long. Prayer. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's a it's a drag. If you yeah. could just like die pretty soon, that would be ideal.
0: Yeah, and, and oh my god, now that Cormac McCarthy's dead, his wife is gonna sell the rights so hard. There's gonna be everything: animated shows, breakfast cereals of Blood Meridian, sutry the board game. It's gonna get nuts.
1: I'm and we're gonna buy all of those things. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. buy that.
0: I rolled a double one. Ah, oh, you got typhoid. Uh... You must reflect on the poverty that defined your life uh, and figure out if it uh, also added value to it, and then move on to the next town. <laughs> This board game is really confusing. <laughs> Don't know how to deal with it. Uh, but yes, that's also kind of scary, though, that Disney is so eternal that if you refuse to sell your rights to the thing, it'll just wait for you to die. It'll
1: just wait another 31 <laughs> years for you to <laughs> it'll die. just
0: wait. Disney will be there waiting when you're dead and it'll take you what you love and make it into an animated movie. And that's coming to us all. They're going to do that to um, One Good Thing.
1: <laughs> the, animated movie of the animated movie. The animated movie. The animated best, children's That's you're really skinny. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the princess. Finally. You can't be the princess. Oh my God. I can't. Be... <sighs> Sorry.
0: That's bullshit.
1: You have to be I'm like awesome. the snow, the the comical, comical yeah, like animated object.
0: Like, yeah, I'm gonna be Olaf the snowman, aren't I? <laughs>
1: yeah, you are.
0: Damn it! <laughs> you be voiced by Josh Gad's son, <laughs>
1: Josh Gad Junior.
0: Josh Cat Jr. He's a stunningly original man. Anyway, speaking of which, Disney get their mitts on it and release Winnie the Pooh, the film, in 1966. It subsequently becomes a big franchise. The Schlesinger estate, who own the American and Canadian rights, has tried to sue Disney for bigger royalties, claiming that they undersold how much they've made off of it. Uh, And Milne's granddaughter, Claire, has tried to sue and get exclusive rights, thereby cutting out the Schlesingers. So it's fucking brutal behind the scenes at Winnie the Pooh
1: ain't That should have been the plot of Blood and Honey Mm. They should have just made a documentary about that And then not wasted my time It should have been
0: Succession (laughs) with the Winnie the Pooh rights
1: I would have Succession Like Wave 2 You know how we've done four series of sessions Over, Wave 2 will be The A. A. Milne rights The Milnes, yeah (laughs) God damn it, you don't know what it takes to run this company you haven't seen Succession. But no, that was I assume good. that's that was, what Brian Cox like. Yeah, Copps that was like. good.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I hear he says, fuck off a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot. I think
0: Cl- Claire Milne could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but why all this fuss about Winnie the Pooh, right? I mean, it's just Winnie the Pooh. Well, in 2003, it was estimated that Winnie the Pooh represented three to six billion of the total $25 billion that Disney pulled in that year.
1: Wow, that's a lot.
0: And in 2013, Winnie the Pooh was the third biggest selling franchise in the world behind Star Wars and Disney princesses. I
1: did not know that.
0: Nor the fuck did I. Hang on, hang on.
1: Winnie the Pooh outsold Harry Potter?
0: Apparently, he's on every kid's thing.
1: No, but Harry Potter. He's on like Potter. prams
0: and push chairs. This is 2013, but e- even so, like.
1: Even so. Apparently. Like, I guess maybe I Harry Potter, like, overtook with, like, at the end, you know, like maybe. Deathly Hallows. I'm pretty sure that, but also, that like, some of I, those are, like, the biggest center books of all time.
0: But I also heard that, like, Garfield was ridiculously huge, like, huger than you think. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I what guess to make
1: also, like, Winnie the Pooh's have a lot more time the yeah. Harry potter to catch up because you know
0: they've been selling his ass since the 60s so <laughs>
1: sending his sweet bear behind that
0: sweet bear butt has been sold all over town <laughs> and he's the s- disney's second biggest single character after mickey mouse
1: yeah i don't believe that
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and also Very poor
0: sure. minnie so oh poor minnie <laughs> justice for minnie hashtag justice hashtag for minnie justice for me. <laughs> So it's fair to say that there was a lot of clenched butts in 2022 when Milne's <laughs> original Pooh book became 95 years old, thereby making it enter the public domain. No, that's now, that's
1: not when stuff enters in America, the public domain. In
0: America, it does. Over here in the UK, it's still in the public domain, and therefore you can't do the same thing. But, but this is a British film. Yeah. So, so, I don't know how so that works.
1: um, when did A. a. Milne die?
0: Oh, it's after his death. I'm not sure. 75
1: years after the death of the copyright holder, not the person Ah. who owns the rights. So it would have been 75 years after the death of A.A. Milne. Of Milne. And I think I'm pretty sure that also applies in the US. I think they have the same rules as us.
0: Look it up. But if you look up anything about this, the reason this movie is made is because it's 95 years after that book. So I don't know what to... I don't know why, but that's what it's telling me. It is weird. But Disney holds on to the rights to everything. That originated in their adaptations, including Pooh's iconic red shirt, which is what they put on him. But anyone can make a movie about a bear called Winnie the Pooh now. Yep. Anyone.
1: Literally anyone, as en- as we have discovered.
0: <laughs> enter the villain of this story, Reese Frake Waterfield. He worked for EDF Energy, but left in order to make rubbish horror films. Uh-huh. In- uh, to be in- honest.
1: Good move.
0: <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a fair move, but in two years, he produced 36 films and had a go at directing films like Easter Killing, The Area 51 Incident, The Killing Tree, and Fire Firenado.
1: That's yeah. Fire Nado soon.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> his next two films are going to be Bambi the Reckoning and Bam- Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. So... And he's also interested in making a movie about the Teletubbies. So he's an imaginative guy. Teletubbies—that would
1: be that. That I change my answer. Teletubbies would be terrifying because they were already terrifying.
0: (laughs) They were already terrifying, but I do not trust this man to do anything about that. I don't actually suspect he's seen any of this. (laughs) I think he's just (laughs) seen some pictures. I think he he might have Googled what they look like, and that's it. This film was received by critics like a sledgehammer to the head. Kim Newman, at Empire Magazine, beloved Kim Newman said. As a subversive take on Milne, it's achingly banal. As a rural horror film, it's more inept than the most wretched wrong turn sequel. And as a would-be cult classic, it commits the ultimate sin of being no fun at all. And that does it for me. Good night, everyone.
1: Good night. Bye. That's
0: all of my notes. (laughs) Once again, Kim Newman. Just stepping in and saying it all. Public meanwhile are incredibly annoying, and all the top-rated reviews are obviously sarcastic love letters to the film, declaring it a cinematic masterpiece. Flawless Watchable Ridiculous exaggerations <laughs> So I'll quote none of them And shame on Google Even more than usual <laughs> We say that every shame. time I'm on the show <laughs> Every time it, It's every time the show is on that We shame Google For being unaccountable And the worst And that continues Into the saga of Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey the film has 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3 on IMDb, 56% on Google. Oh, you this And made 5.2 <laughs> million dollars on a 100,000 dollar budget. All the money's on the screen, folks. So, Katie, you abomination. <laughs> What's one thing about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey that made you want to leave forever?
1: Um, I liked. So, in the credits, it lays uh-huh. over with, um, like, newspaper cuttings of, like, oh, yeah. murders in the woods, blah, 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 body found. And there was a line that was, like, don't go down to the woods today. Okay. And I was, like, please <laughs> sing it. I was, like, please, at some point, sing it. Like, if you don't sing, if you go down to the woods today, you are missing. And they did not sing it. I was disappointed. Well,
0: that's- that's literally this entire movie, is missed potential. So much missed
1: potential. But that line, I, really, I, ha- I had a little giggle. I was like, okay, okay. okay. I see where you did the... I see where you're going. Hmm. I see where you are. I see who you are.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's dive in. Let's talk about what happens in Winnie the Pooh Blood and Annie, Because we start with an animated retelling of the original story that looks bad.
1: It looks bad. But actually, that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> it's going to get worse, folks. Deep in the Hundred Acre Woods a young boy named Christopher Robin came across some most unusual adolescent creatures crossbreeds who some would describe as abominations (laughs) like it was it was pretty like it was bad but because it's a horror movie I was like okay well this is actually quite funny the way that they're doing this like oh you know Christopher Robin meets these things and then he grows up and he goes to college and like leaves them alone and it was all like in like ink and you know I was like, okay, going off to
0: school, and goes off to college as well. I know we have colleges, but that just sounded wrong. To well, me they key.
1: made it American.
0: Yeah, they made it American because we do have colleges, but like, it just it, it felt wrong. He should have gone off to university. Yeah, but, but it's set Americans
1: in America, America. This film. No, it's set here. Oh yeah, it's set here. <laughs> oh, I, am so, I I just remembered like their accents. Yeah, it is here? I there guess.
0: is a hillbilly for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, there is a hillbilly. But...
1: That's why it confused me. But yeah, you're right. College it should have been university. Yeah. You're right. Should have been. But anyway, still... he
0: goes off to college, and then they all go wild and hungry and decide to eat eel. Which, to be fair, you would eat eel first. I don't know. I think you would. Why
1: would you eat an elef- elephant before you ate a pig?
0: Because he's a bummer. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> he is the
1: representation of depression. I know, right? You
0: eat that person first. (laughs) (laughs) Why was Tigger not in this and all of this? Oh
1: my god, why weren't there any other of the Winnie the Pooh characters? All they had was Pooh and Piglet. Why did we not have Tigger? We didn't have Owl, we didn't have um, Kangaroo and Roo, like Also, why is there a kangaroo? (laughs) It's
0: it's kangaroo and roo, isn't it? Yeah, but
1: why is there a kangaroo when it's said in the UK? Don't ask those questions. Why is there a tiger? Yeah, why is there a tiger? Just
0: leave A.A. Milne to his uh, grave. So, (laughs) but, you know, I I genuinely think it's because they couldn't afford the masks. So, yes, they return to their animalistic roots, killing the innocent and feasting upon their flesh, just like rabbits and pigs do.
1: The rabbit's not in this.
0: Uh, well, I think he is in the opening credit sequence. Yeah,
1: but it, after that, it's just poo and Piglet. Yeah, he's, I was so disappointed. disappointed.
0: Indeed. Well, that was fun. Now let's check out the <laughs> cinematography, acting, and screenwriting that we'll be enjoying for the next 86 minutes. Told you it wouldn't take that long. Come on. I know exactly where to go now. You said that two hours ago. Nearly there. Promise Okay, one more hour. One more hour. If not, we're turning back. Okay. Uh-oh. And they find Eeyore's grave. Oh, but Christopher Robin was the only one in 100-acre woods who could spell, for although Owl Al was very wise and able to read and write and spell his own name, he would go all to pieces over delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Anyway, they explore the dilapidated murdering shack where the animals have been squatting and hide under the bed when the enormous murdering Pooh returns home.
1: When you say there, you mean Christopher Robin... <sighs> oh, yeah, and his and new wife... His new- Though I noticed an inconsistency here, because he they're
0: engaged, but then he says wife. Yes,
1: they're engaged. He's yeah. like you're about to be Christopher Mrs. Christopher Robin. By the way, worst yeah. line ever. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's his wife. And I was like, you got married in between, like that line, and because I missed the whole ceremony. They got
0: married in the shack. Was that's was who the home.
1: best man? I don't know
0: who was the best man and then he was the worst man then because he, he allowed Piglet worst. to murder his wife oh no oh
1: no not the hot wife
0: but there's something wrong with Piglet he just killed my wife please so there's a long sequence of them menacing him uh, and then they swap to animation and drag him into a cave yep
1: and, that's- and I was like oh he dead but you know yeah, he spoilers dead. Short movie. he's not dead yet
0: but he's not dead yet so we meet our new hero angsty main girl angsty main girl who is a
1: brunette and I was like oh she's a brunette so she might live
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but to be fair most of her friends are nearly identical brunettes as well so but there's we do... one
1: ginger chick and a blonde as well so there is yeah. a ginger chick and a blonde and two of them worry, are we'll in a relationship so yeah they're, yes,
0: they're don't it. worry we're gonna break those down very shortly cool. and they're rich characters so <laughs> angsty main girl's friend, uh, therapist tells her to go head out into the woods with all her well acted mates <laughs> uh she stops by a petrol station and meets a hillbilly
1: yeah well how are you doing girl sorry i couldn't hear you back there no it's fine i just wanted to ask the pumps outside are they working (laughs) them old things you've seen them and to like really really briefly to other people who are like his friends or something
0: yeah, his mate so show up later. Oh, there are other people in the car. She's not driving alone. Well, that makes the line she shouted out less inexplicable. Yeah, because we didn't, didn't know the establish other
1: people in that. The car. I don't think there's anyone here.
0: No. Why did she get out and explore alone? Anyway, there's five of them. Glasses, blonde, Sharon Horgan. I think from Catastrophe. One of them. I think one of them one with the thicker hair uh, sassy I who i optimistically call sassy because she delivers her first line in a sassy way but she will not be saying anything else sassy for the rest of this movie uh, uh. and then angsty main girl so yeah five yeah oh but there's also amy pond who is struggling to find the place and unfortunately all of the friends have decided to sack up all their friends knowing they've got another friend coming yeah. And decide so to f- lock block all their phones away first.
1: So this character is why the reason he called her Amy Pond is because she's ginger. And um yeah. she's got she's she's got what I've got, a septum piercing. And I was like, Oh, Ooh, the alternative girl, and she immediately gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> gets killed. And I was like, Oh, bye bye, alternative girl. Yeah.
0: Oh, but the blonde announces that she's going to pack when they get there. And also says Dibsy Best Room, which is wrong for a couple of reasons. Yeah. So these aren't believable human beings.
1: I don't need it. And anyway, I'm going to pack. Dibsy best room. Okay. I think she meant to say, I'm going to unpack.
0: Yeah, and dibs first room. Dibs on... You usually say that after you've seen a room. You don't say dibsy best room.
1: Yeah, because there might not be a best room. But we don't see the room, so...
0: No, they never see the rooms, because there is actually no upstairs to this place. No, we see one room. Elaborate illusion. We see one room. We see a pool.
1: We see the couples room.
0: Oh, that's true because yes, there is a couple. It is wait, Sharon Horgan and Sassy Sue. <laughs> <laughs> so good for them. But yeah, Pooh comes after Amy Pond and she breaks into a horror movie run, arms flailing. Um, and Pooh catches her and forces her into a fresher. Don't worry, it didn't look good. Also, don't worry, he tore her top off first. Yeah, Yay, I was so
1: confused about why that needed why she needed to be topless. I wasn't. <laughs>
0: I, I, I got the idea. Blonde, meanwhile, is up cavorting in her underwear, as all girls do.
1: She, uh, To be fair, she is not in her underwear. She is in ah. a swimsuit.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's a good distinction, and I'm the problem. You
1: are the problem. The so
0: she's up cavorting patriarchy. in her swimsuit. I'm the patriarchy right now. Hi, everyone. I'm your local branch of the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Address all complaints to me. So... So angsty main girl tells the story Of why she's angsty And it's that she kept finding footprints in her garden I thought it was in my head or something well, Footprints in your garden That's not That's a, that's a definite red flag
1: Yeah No that's, that's not okay Call the police She did actually call the police But
0: apparently they didn't do anything Which is the only believable part of this film
1: Yeah because it was like I don't know There was nothing to be done or whatever like, maybe, yeah. I don't know, make get put her somewhere safe, or...
0: You may have imagined these footprints. Which ones? Those. Oh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hmm. Something to think about. Anyway, one night, when she was wandering around in her underwear, she sees someone out there, we're told in VO. Thank God we didn't just experience that, as she did.
1: Hmm.
0: Paired with the curtains. Just saw these eyes staring straight at me. Your, the, the narrator was there to explain Thank before it happened. And then a creepy guy broke in. And then the line gets said, the police found his computer and loads of me.
1: Yeah, that was like the weirdest line. The police found his computer and found loads of me. She could have said, and there were lots of pictures of me or videos of me. Yeah, that's
0: clearly what she meant. But they left out the word pictures. Was anyone watching this as they filmed
1: it? Did anybody edit the script? I think I don't no. think
0: I don't think anybody was manning the cameras.
1: <laughs> like honestly, like it just needed well, it didn't it needed a lot, but it, it, it needed, needed editing. Like somebody Whoa. needs to. I think they just wrote the yeah. script and they are like done. It's only uh, like ninety four minutes or eighty four minutes long. It wouldn't have taken thought, you that long to read the script again.
0: I think what they could have done is had an adult on set that really would have helped. <laughs> anyway, Christopher Robin is still alive, and um, we get a flashback that shows. In terms of acting and dialogue, Christopher Robin is nothing if not consistent. So, yeah, Pooh whips him with his dead wife's hair and then showers him in her blood. Well, oh, This is so edgy. It's like a naughty slasher remake. It's Remember how well those have all aged? So bad. <laughs> Ever- everybody loves the Texas Chainsaw remake. I watch it every year. For this podcast. <laughs> For this podcast, yeah. I have to. <laughs> So they capture blonde and run over her head and it looks bad.
1: It looks really bad. Here I came out and I was like, Oh, an eye, but it looked so bad that I was it like so bad like, That's and I've not an blood. Eye. Yeah, I just...
0: genuinely think we could do a better effect than that. You and I right we now. We literally with... could. I've but got some
1: could. ketchup and some <laughs> eyes.
0: We can make some paper mache. <laughs> like we can make it look if not real, better than that. Like it wouldn't do... anyway.
1: I, I always prefer like shitter and less CGI.
0: Yes, all is practical is better But yeah. my god, that was rubbish So, yeah. meanwhile Sharon Horgan and Sassy Sue and glasses of Nangsty an main girl are in couples but like Not together, but both hear that something Is going on, so they come back to the house And one of them says, something's wrong Why is the door left open like that? It's very good, very good
1: <laughs> <Don't let free. sighs>
0: They all decide to stick together and find a weapon And then do none of those things Also to call the police, but I don't do that either
1: Though, at one point, one of them is like, "Oh, I have a gun."
0: Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> um, yeah, a- angsty, angsty Mango remembers that she probably has a gun, so they separate off from the others and go looking for it. Oh, a torch! We'll use that. They actually say, <laughs> out
1: loud. Whoa. Okay, we've got a torch. we we'll use that. As opposed to just picking up the torch and using it, like yeah, yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't have understood that. Like this it's isn't like, a podcast. Wait.
0: What is that? Where did she find it? And what's she going to use it for? I would say out loud in the cinema.
1: <laughs> so, and everyone's like, you're so right. In the oh cinema. My, my illusion is shattered. They clap.
0: And then later on, someone will be like, it was a torch. And we'll be like, oh. Uh,
1: what's she going to use it for?
0: <laughs> a torch. We can use this to see. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sassy Sue gets killed in the pool and they make and they capture Sharon Horgan and go no, off
1: to no, 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 no oh yeah ah, you missed out I Bl- easily
0: could have mixed this up no
1: so no no you're right but you missed out the blonde's death did you
0: no I didn't she got run over by a car oh uh, yeah bad.
1: no you're right okay yeah yeah so no okay. you're right yeah she gets killed in the pool
0: I'm, I think it's Sassy Sue gets killed in the pool and then Sharon Horgan gets captured could easily be the other way around but glasses and angsty main girl follow noisily talking all the way <laughs> <sighs> they rescue Sharon Horgan and then find Christopher Robin and some woman and in all three instances instances spend absolutely ages untying all three of them.
1: Yeah, so three of them try and untie Christopher Robin because that's the way best way to untie a knot is to have three people <laughs> doing completely different things. And then yep, they find blonde out. women who, by the way, is the blonde woman from the beginning, I think. Like, where they, w- they run into like two friends of the, cre- the, oh, the hillbilly yes, guy. I'm pretty yes, sure though. that's the same blonde.
0: Okay, that explains that. Yeah. Anyway, they nearly get away, but some woman sees her reflection in a window and can't help loudly moaning about it. Oh, damn the vanity of women! It'll get you every time. So she goes immediately insane, takes the gun and goes looking for them. Um, the three women look on and, and improvise some very natural dialogue.
1: Piglet!
0: Where are you?
1: She's mental! She's going to come out. She's going to Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Very na This whole thing is just oh like, it's like I was there.
0: It's like Richard Linklater.
1: It's like I like, it was part of their friend group.
0: It's like Greta Gerwig. Like, how is this so natural? So, <laughs> they managed to ward off, um, they awkwardly ward off Pooh with fire. Did I write down a note? No, I didn't. How do they kill a uh, sub woman? What? The one with the, it took the gun and went off to kill him. Blonde woman number and two. It it. Yeah. Uh, I think Piglet kills her. Hang on. Mauls her face.
1: I wrote I stuff down. One second. Blonde chick from the start. Piglet. Um...
0: Piglet's been mauling her face, and so I think. Oh, Piglet just there mauls was a great again.
1: bit where there was like. um, You know, they, they get into this uh, clearing with some caravans, and uh-huh. really inexplicably, there's like a dish, like a silver dish with the lid on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is. You know, like a
0: uh yeah they usually have a
1: pig's head in and they were like where's piglet and i was like oh my god he best come out the dish he best his head best come out the dish like (laughs) it usually has a pig's head in and it didn't and i was so disappointed Uh, Um, once again i think they maul her a death no uh, yeah i i didn't write it down so i think mauling of some kind yeah
0: I look away for a bit and when I look back Sharon Horgan has Piglet tied up and is hitting <gasps> him with a sledgehammer. I
1: looked away at that exact same moment or did we not look away and it just happened and there was a weird cut?
0: It just happened and it's really poorly edited and they didn't film with the I thing they needed to. Because, quite possibly. Like
1: if we both thought that we looked away at the same time and missed it yeah. I think maybe it was just a weird cut and we it, like, it didn't exist ever. Sometimes
0: it's hard to tell the difference between a film being really poorly edited and just incredibly boring <laughs> because it was incredibly difficult to keep looking at it. So they get found by hillbilly and his mates, including slash. Oh, I think um, I think Pooh may have killed Sharon Hawkin.
1: Oh yeah, P- Pooh yeah. has killed the other one that's in the lesbian couple yeah. by now. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. So yeah, the British hillbilly crew go and get their tools. They say, "Let's tool up," and then it oh, gets stick. So
1: Sharon Hawkin and a bottle killed killed pig, killed her piglet. Oh yes, yeah, yes, but yes, then yes, she gets killed by by Pooh, Poo. So yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah. Uh, They advance menacingly while saying very natural things to each other. (laughs) And eventually, after a long fucking time, they start beating him up.
1: Yeah. They're like, are you Uh, ready to go, boys? And it's like just do it like just start beating yeah. him up like, oh
0: my god stop beating him up but beating him up makes him grow to an alarming size in one shot and he slowly 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 kills them my god can i emphasize how long this scene takes and
1: how bad it looks <laughs> and this bear in mind this film is a short film <laughs> this is such a
0: short long film so yeah he then kills glasses i guess i missed that as well that was also something i looked away from the screen yeah so for
1: no you didn't because I looked at the screen for the whole thing and you don't get to see her death <laughs> so you see f- she's in the car main chick is in the car uh-huh. In oh by the hillbillies bought their car um, and instead of driving off they try and beat him up anyway um, so yeah. they main chick is in the car and glasses chick is out there with poo and then instantly he has her head in his hands and I was like yeah, we could have seen a beheading there and I would have been yeah. so up for it but we did not get to see it. <laughs> At this stage. I'm so, so up for a beheading, right? Uh, Always. Um, but no, they. We just yeah. got to see the head, and I was like, "This is disappointing. I'm disappointed. Where's my beheading?
0: Where is my beheading? That, that's going be to be
1: my review, head. actually. That, that's fair. Where's my, where's, where's, where's my, where's my decapitation? Look, if there's not and decapitation, I ain't interested. Okay.
0: I'm not interested. But yeah, he's about to. Pooh's about to kill angsty main girl when Robin shows up and crushes him with a car. Uh, but Pooh's alive, so it's time for another performance-based standoff. Hooray.
1: Please, why are you doing this?
0: Why won't you stop? It's me you wanted leave alone. You've enough people, Pooh. Please! Uh, was this directed by someone for whom English was their second language? Is my note on this. But it doesn't work. Angsty main girl dies. Well, that was all worthwhile. So Robin runs away, leaving Pooh to, I swear to God, appear in at least two more of these fucking things that are in development.
1: Honestly, it didn't make any sense because at the right in the beginning, right in the prologue, they're like, and they have so much hatred for humans, especially Christopher Robin. And Christopher yeah. Robin's like, take me instead of the girl that I just met half an yeah. hour ago. Take me, yeah. take me. She saved my life. And then he says his only line, Pooh, which I think is... You're... You, you lie? Oh, you left. Okay, I did not yeah. catch that. You left. But yeah. then, why does he not kill Christopher? He's the one he wanted to kill, kill this whole time. Uh, it makes absolutely leave something for nuts.
0: Pooh Part 2.
1: No. Yeah, we could have left the chick.
0: Could have left the chick, but... Yeah, fuck it. So, yeah, that's that. So, I've got a rant about this, but you best start. What did you think of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey?
1: Um, I thought it was really bad. Yeah. Um, so... We've already had a couple of um, things to say about the dialogue, right? Well, not just the dialogue, the writing in general. But a lot of it didn't make any sense. The sentences, like you say, doesn't sound like they're written by someone who actually speaks English, which may have been the case. Um,
0: British director. I don't
1: know. (laughs) British director, but it doesn't mean it was written by someone who...
0: Yeah, true. Um,
1: and, And there are so many things that actually the actors probably could have changed those lines because they probably knew that they didn't make sense like for example i'm going to pack should have been i'm going to unpack and that would have made so much more sense and not made us go like um what the fuck like it's just
0: tiny little things it sounds small but it's just tiny little moments that just add to the it was written by the same guy by the way this fucking reese frake waterfield Uh, but it's not tiny it's it's endless tiny moments every line has something just a bit wrong with it
1: yep Just like that inconsistency between the fiancé and the wife. Just make our girlfriend, yeah. like, the whole thing. Just like, oh, yeah. just make her a wife the whole thing. Also, he's only been away for five years, so he's, like, in his early 20s. Why does he have a wife? Like, it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense. Um, yeah, it, that really annoyed me. The acting was awful. Like, so yeah, bad. Dreadful. Dreadful. Um, and I, the one thing that can redeem a film like this, right, mm. is the gore. Yeah. And we didn't have any gore. Like, there was gore, but it was bad. And you know what ruined a lot of the gore? The lighting. Like, the lighting was constantly either too dark or too bright, which means you couldn't see the injury detail. And I was like, okay, well, this film is clearly about gore. It's literally a film where there's, like, you know, a, a... pig and a bear being up humans let us see the gore and we couldn't see it because of the bad lighting and i was like that is because
0: of the heritage of the film i think well i think the director must have been a big fan of those noughties slasher movie remakes the texas chainsaw massacre the nightman obviously rob zombies halloween movies which were unpleasant really charmless but dark enough that you couldn't see anything that was going on so you could get away with a lower (laughs) rating and sell this towards teens who would mistake its air of unpleasantness for actual horror yeah I think mean, he must be a fan of that school of horror because it sucks. I hate it. Like who
1: is a like? He must be the only fan of that school. <laughs> oh,
0: There's weird. Like every so often, I'll see someone post like the text, uh, the poster for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and be like, "Oh, this film is so underrated." It's like it's not. You're just too young. You're too young. Watch the original. Go away. Watch the original. It's one of the best horror movies ever made. That is drag. It's ugh. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So um. But. All of that was just really, really, and and it was boring. Like like after the oh, first, oh so bit, boring, so boring. Um, not like because it was short, it didn't feel as boring as Black Adam, but it yeah. is as boring as Black Adam. It's just that Black Adam was twice as long, so
0: Black Adam's louder.
1: <laughs> it's louder. At least it has Dwayne Johnson in it. Like this, um, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I mean. Like I've got a couple, I've got a couple of good things, but honestly, they're they're oh, scraping yeah. the the bottom yeah. of the barrel of good things. If you are a horror fan, you think, oh, maybe I'll watch this one day because I've watched every other horror film ever.
0: <laughs> if you've watched all of them,
1: don't bother. Like, watch something yeah. you've seen before. It's it's not yeah. worth it. Like, we are both huge horror fans and have seen tons of horror movies. Yeah. this does not even. It's not even like bad. Good. Like, watch Firestarter no. above this. If you really yeah. want to scrape the bottom of the barrel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really cynical piece of work, this. I mean, you get this now and then. It's the cinematic equivalent of clickbait. It's snakes on a plane. You know, ridiculous premise. Look at me title. And then in terms of content, bare minimum, excuse the pun. The filmmakers <laughs> had absolutely nothing beyond the premise. Nothing. They had a title. You know, replace Pooh and Piglet with just hillbillies and masks and you'd have a below-mediocre slasher movie, completely devoid of the charm or skill that makes any slasher movie worth watching. The gore looks bad, and you can't see it. The characters are not endearing. And there's no filmmaking now, so it's poorly paced and ugly. There's no tension, and they keep going for tension sequences. That's why it takes ten minutes for the fucking hillbillies to walk up to Pooh and start hitting him, because he thinks he's drawing out tension. Nope. It's massively overwrought and anticlimactic. Sometimes it's amusingly bad, but nowhere near consistently enough for this to work as a so-bad-it's-good film.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely not. I like (sighs) if you think about those so-bad-it's-good films. At least they have like, well, in terms of horror, at least they have like injury detail and gore. This doesn't have any of that.
0: No. Or at the very least, they keep finding new ways to be interesting and amusing. Like for the most part, this is just the the bits that are funny are the terrible. Is the terrible script. The script, which is absolutely dire, is what the main source of fun is. The visuals, the aesthetics, the pacing, the kills, none of those are, you know, worth enjoying. Because they don't look bad enough to be funny or good enough to be engaging. But there's merit. There's merit to this idea, turning a children's book into a horror movie, it has potential. And the premise of Christopher Robin leaving behind the childhood friends, all of whom, as we all know, manifested some form of mental illness, and then returning to find that they've corrupted in his absence, has dramatic potential. There's a lot of guilt associated with leaving people behind from your childhood, and a lot of pain associated with returning to childhood places and people that you've left behind. Yep. You know, so there's, there's room there.
1: Yeah, you've got, and and if you'd had some of the other animals, you would have experienced, hopefully, mm. some of the other like forms of mental illness because you had Pooh's addiction to honey which is like he's the addict who's like the alcoholic yeah. right um yeah but you didn't have any anxiety from from pig piglet who is who represents anxiety yeah. and they killed yeah. depression <laughs> but yeah. you didn't have adhd <laughs> which is tigger and you didn't yeah. have um multiple personality disorder which is kangaroo right Hangar and greed. Really. Yeah. That's what it was two of them, and it's just like okay, so if you would played more on like the mental health aspects of, of the characters, then that would have been really interesting. But no, they just left it out. No. like Pooh was addicted to honey, but there was no like addict. Like he wasn't like if he hadn't had some in a while, he'd go. No, it didn't motivate yeah. his actions. No.
0: He was just a murderous psychopath. Yeah, you know, completely generic. And he was There's, just high the, on sugar. <laughs> no, the film doesn't explore any of that. Christopher Robin cries a lot as over the top things happen to him, bathing him in blood and whipping him with his fucking dead wife's hair is so like adolescent (laughs) you know and I think that's what really comes out of here is that the the film moves on to this bland bunch of teens who aren't even developed enough to be cliched and you know the director said he wanted to ruin childhoods with this movie like some sort of fucking edgelord but those uh, there's no genuine subversional commentary and I think the only thing that this movie proves is that the director is not out of his childhood because this feels like a 15 year old boy's idea of edgy you know and I fought all of that, and then I ended up reading about the guy, the director, and about who he was, and it's actually even worse than all of that, because this is an absolutely valueless piece of cinematic refuse, but it's actually an industrial con job, intended to flood an undemanding market with cheap crap that's fine if you stick to streaming, that's where you do that kind of thing, but this charlatan used a beloved IP to sneak into cinemas, and cinema's fragile, it can't handle con jobs right now, you know sucker jobs that lure people in with a tasty premise and then bore their minds out with low production values and no imagination. There's not an honest bone in this. And his plan to run this idea into the fucking ground even further just fully reveals this man-child to be a fraud. The worst thing I can wish upon him is the self-awareness to be rightly ashamed of all of this, which I hope comes to him. It's just... it's so upsetting. I'm sure people will have been turned away from the cinema after this thinking, huh, that looked like fun, but it was really bad. And... Yeah, with with cinemas in such a fragile state, we really can't afford to be having that right now.
1: No, definitely not. And like saying that it made millions of dollars, that's clearly what he was trying to achieve and he achieved it. Yeah, he's learned the worst
0: lesson from this.
1: Yeah, which is to keep doing it, basically, by using, as you say, an IP that people like know is other thing like if he was planning on making like a peter pan people will go and see it because it has the word peter pan and i don't think peter pan is as beloved as winnie the pooh so no, maybe it'll, no. it'll crash a bit more maybe but i think the whole thing
0: is because i saw a trailer for this at the prince charles cinema which is you know part of the course of this sort of thing but it was it was before skidama unbelievably one of the best horror movies you know made recently and it, the, the trailer went down to the, well with the crowd, because it was like it was such a what the fuck kind of reaction. You know, oh, I've got to see this, you know, performatively bad. <laughs> I've just gone and seen uh, Blood and Honey, you know, kind of thing. It's a meme film. It's intended you, for you to sort of share it on the social media to say that you've done it and experienced it. But just in the worst possible way, because there's nothing beyond the surface of that. It's hollow. It's completely hollow, and it looks like it cost a hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, it's. It bad. looks worse than that.
1: Look at, for example, the relationship between mm. the lesbian couple. So this guy clearly oh, yeah. went, "I want to have some lesbians in this movie, right?" So they get yeah, in. Although he doesn't
0: exploit them much. <laughs>
1: they well, they get in. She's, one of them has set out a really nice, like romantic mm. thing in their bedroom, and the other one is like reluctant to kind of go there. And then mm-hmm. there's a couple of scenes with them together, and then they both die. And I think mm. what he was trying to do, though unsuccessfully was to be like, "Oh, she's defending her, so she really does want to be in this relationship kind of thing. But that mm. didn't come across at all. If they'd spent more no. time on character development between the couple and then had the case where she was like, "No, take me over her," and then like the other one realized that she did actually love her, that would have yeah. actually been really nice. but no, it didn't it didn't actually well, he didn't actually do that in any way.
0: No, there's no interest in doing that It's just literally this just filler thing this, is, this feels like the first draft With typos included <laughs> It feels like everyone was given one take And maybe they even just saw the script as it was being read And, you know, it was the cheapest job possible And there's no quality or care given to it It's just It's a sheer fleece job It's purely intended to be provocative enough To get you into the cinema and have your money And now he has your money, he's running off And he's planning all these different projects Because he has learnt that this is an effective means Of making a movie Beloved IP, no production value or care, guaranteed money. It's like Asylum. It's like the Sharknado movies. It's... Ugh. It's exhausting and upsetting, and I hope that the whole thing crashes and burns sooner than even he anticipates, because I'm sure he knows that this is a bubble that's going to burst. But I hope even the second film starts to fail, because this is going to have no word of mouth. No one is praising this. Nobody is saying, oh my god, that was such a crazy time. Like, this is just... (laughs) Drek
1: <laughs> I'd forgotten about it Until you said Do you want to watch this And I was like Yeah Not really But I'll do it
0: <laughs> Yeah Oh god It just occurred to me I didn't look at Mark Reed's Message that he sent to us I hope he's not a fan of it I hope he's done this Because he hates us Please hate us Mark Reed <laughs> We'll find out Otherwise I take back some of what I said But not much This is still I really hate the director I, I really dislike the guy On a personal level As a, as a person I hope bad things happen to him <laughs> <laughs> Let's, with that in mind, let's quick fire. <laughs> <laughs> quick fire. First time we see Hundred Acre Woods, there's like a piano going, and the woods look quite nice. That's quite good. Uh,
1: I like that they used honey. So, like, he was <laughs> throughout. He was drinking honey. Mm. So it did have a small yeah. element of the addiction thing that who was supposed to, oh, wrap yeah. to. Where does he? What
0: was? was he somehow where was the money the honey coming from he had jars all over the
1: place and we get like an initial shot of jars which so it wasn't which kind of is like a shot of like you know someone that drinks a lot and leaves the bottles out which i thought was pretty good but then again who's giving it to him if christopher's not
0: yeah yeah quite but it's not related to the murders he's not you know through some weird twisted logic harnessing the um
1: what blood to make honey yeah that would have been really good
0: that would have incentivized it in some way, although I don't quite know how. Um, okay, um, it was somewhat affecting. Christopher Robin's actor, oh my god, he's bad. Oh my god, he is so bad.
1: His voice was so bad. He might be annoying. the worst
0: performer in the film. Oh, Jesus. And they give him such repetitive dialogue. Like, 90% of his lines are, Pooh, stop it! No!
1: Remember what we had? Pooh! Oh
0: god, up. I can see you're starting to remember, and it's just, oh god, he's bad. But, the first time you see him, like, begging Piglet not to kill his wife, it is somewhat affecting.
1: But once the wife is dead, he like just you know, oh, and, and that happens so fast. It's like what five minutes, ten minutes into the movie, five minutes yeah. probably. Um, speaking yeah. of the beginning of the movie, the prologue was pretty alright. Even though the drawing wasn't great, it would have yeah. been better if the whole movie had been in drawing. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't mind the prologue. I thought, okay, this is this is setting a a decent no, uh, an average yeah. standing, and then it. Plummeted after that, but yeah, I thought yeah. the prologue was was alright.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I did think the masks were fairly unsettling. The masks for Pooh and and uh, Pig, uh, Piglet, pig, Piglet, they were fairly unsettling. You know, they looked somewhat menacing, but they never looked believable as like a living creature. But that's fine. It just you know needs to look somewhat spooky. And I did think they were somewhat menacing, and you know, that's a good thing.
1: Um, I liked Christopher Robin's cardigan. In fact, all the clothes yeah. were pretty like spot-on for that age of person.
0: I seriously think they probably were asked to bring them Yeah, on
1: which means that they were spot-on, right? Because they're just their yeah. own clothes. But his cardigan was really nice, and I was like, oh, Christopher Robin might actually wear that cardigan.
0: <laughs> yeah, grown-up Christopher, he yeah. might wear that. I like that. Uh, some good menacing shots of the woods in there as well. Um, I think generally early on, there's some good sort of mist-filled shots of the woods, so. Kudos there. It could have been stock footage that they bought from elsewhere, yep. which would explain the competence that went into its. Film.
1: <laughs> I um, there was one line that the hillbilly said, which was, "Oh yeah," which actually made me giggle a tiny bit. Which was, Ooh.
0: "I ain't no human, Logan. I ain't no bear either."
1: I was like, "Yeah, no <laughs> shit," but actually, it made me giggle a little bit because it was like, "You are so dumb. You are about to die, like not quickly enough." <laughs> But they were about to die. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good stuff. Um, okay, yes, the line where she searched the whole place and then looks seemingly off, only, only just a little off camera and says, I don't think there's anyone here. <laughs> and you don't know that she's talking to her friends who are in the car because it hasn't bothered to establish she's not alone. It's just kind of hilarious to see a character walking around having explored a place for ages and then just say that to no one.
1: <laughs> uh, um. There was a great bit... Be- you know the hillbillies? There's four hillbillies, inexplicable hillbillies, who uh, are about to beat up Pooh, right? And they go, get your weapons ready, and they have a shot of each weapon. So one person has, like, a big hammer. One person has a baseball bat. One person has, a like, a crowbar. And then the yes. other person, inexplicably, has <laughs> yeah. a bottle of wine. And in my I- head, all <laughs> I just thought was, I'm going to offer him this nice shenan. <laughs> <to see>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like... It was there nothing else like a like a spare tire or like another tool that you had. <laughs>
0: Medicine with a spare tire. Roll it, Adam.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> anything would have been better than a nice bottle of unopened <laughs> white yeah, wine. If you Why want... do hillbillies have a bottle of white wine in their car? Christ. It made no yeah. sense.
0: <laughs> like swap it for like booze of some sort, like, like Jack wine, Daniels so. or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like exactly. not God. a
1: bottle of white wine. I was oh, it was really funny. I just thought. <laughs> I was so like, did dumb. they do that for comic effect? Or did somebody just have one? And it was like, oh, I'm going to my mum's. Oh, I've got a bottle of wine on the set. So, yeah.
0: Um, they went to the joke shop and that was what they could get a cheap replica of in order to smash over the head because you need a sugar glass thing. Right. They probably would have been specialist. <coughs> Jack Daniels bottles that cost more money. Yes. That's... If ever anything is inexplicable, just they didn't have, they, they didn't want to spend money is probably the solution.
1: Exactly. But I thought it was funny. Obviously, unintentionally mm. funny but i thought it was funny
0: (laughs) that is funny one good thing that actually did look good was that they've got a bunch of skeletons uh hanging in the barn the killers do and one of them still has the very top of the head and that looked quite good i don't know if that meant we were supposed to recognize them because everybody looks the same but it was still quite good grisly detail
1: the thing is though that the wife skeleton Mm -hmm. how is she a skeleton like she well, just they presumably at her. Yeah, I know, yeah, but like well, the, it wasn't the, the like the
0: timeline is ridiculous. The, <laughs> I not, because he's got stubble by the time that we go back to him.
1: Because there wasn't like like skin hanging off it or anything. No. Um. So if like the you know the credits had like the newspapers and stuff, if they'd had what they could have thrown in there was a news program where it said it's been six months since he disappeared or whatever, and then we could be like, oh, that's why he has stubble. <laughs> it would have been two seconds worth of dialogue could have been i
0: i was okay with that i'm okay with just explaining it like through visual thing i will say it would probably look a bit more convincing if they've done a bit more visual stuff with christopher robin to communicate that time had passed mm. or that he'd been treated worse at their house because he did look very fresh still so fresh <laughs> so
1: fresh it's because he literally walked on set and got in chains like yeah exactly there was no makeup
0: on this so. and he didn't shave that week
1: um glasses chick who had Uh nothing to do pretty much in this whole movie. And there was one shot where she looked super creepy and probably unintentional again, but I was like, wow, she looks creepy. And it would have been such a good turnaround if it turned (laughs) out she'd been the person stalking the main chick. um, Because she looked really creepy. And I was like, wow, she looks creepy, but I just think it was a weird shot. But I liked it <laughs> yeah. because it was actually the creepiest part of the film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely an accident. Uh, the one kill that I thought looked good was uh, the girl getting killed in the pool. Because it's just a swing from behind hammer shot, but it does look like that she he may have actually made contact with something physical. And there's a good amount of sort of blood spray and a bit of gore flies off. So yeah, that looks okay.
1: Cool. Um, let me check my notes. That might be everything. One second. Uh, Yeah, that's everything.
0: I only have a couple more. Um, First of all, some terrible dialogue. Um, (laughs) It's like, if they talk, why didn't you just talk to him? And she just says, every time I tried, Piglet just mauled me again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every time I tried, Piglet just mauled me
0: again. (laughs) So bad. And then when the girls are, like, observing the uh, survivor woman try to shoot uh, Piglet, um, they just say, her gun's not working. And then when she gets attacked, I can't listen to her screams.
1: To screams. <laughs> so bad, <laughs> so
0: bad, so so bad. Um, and then finally, inexplicable moment, which would have been funny if paced right and if it hadn't come at one of easily the most patient t- patience testing sequences, is when the hillbillies are dying, and one of them's running away. And Pooh does a gesture, and a horde of bees appear to take out the final guy. Oh my god. Pooh commands the loyalty of bees. And that would be a very funny, like, absolutely innocuous reveal if, again, it hadn't come. Because I love the idea of not setting that up at all. It's just he likes honey, therefore he commands the loyalty of bees. Would have been a funny little, like, offhand moment if the rest of the movie had gotten me in the right place. There was no foreplay for that punchline. <laughs> <laughs> just sprung it on me and I was like, oh, okay. Oh,
1: bees. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. guess we're doing bees then. Huh?
0: Bees then. <laughs> Put, uh, Blood and Honey too. The Swarm.
1: <laughs> oh, no, oh. no, don't pitch at him. <laughs> oh, he's going to use that. Oh. Let's let's copyright it now. Copyrighting that. We'll
0: copyright it now. We're going to make our own. We could do that now. <laughs> this whole thing is out of copyright. We could make Blood and Honey too, The Swarm. And make it actually good just to show him. <sighs> right. Well, that's it for quick flying. Let's let's, let's, let's go check in with the deformed creatures of the uh, OG team forest. Mark Reed, the man whipping us with our dead wife's hair, says, I'm pleased as punch to see just lately some low-budget horror movies getting attention and making a little money back. Unfortunately, this movie really misses the mark, because given the history of the character, they totally missed out by not having any charm to the movie. Yes. However, you're here for good things. Really good opening, animated opening. Sure. Treehouse torture room. Was it a treehouse? It was. I always thought it was. Well, it was like a. I thought it was like a, just a shed. Because in the books, it was a treehouse.
1: Tree house. And then he comes and okay. he's like, "The house has got bigger."
0: Okay, I missed that. Mm. Okay, that's not bad. Christopher Robin's dodgy accent. Yes, he was apparently Ukrainian British. The main right, actor. Why? That's but why he yeah, was dodgy.
1: Just... Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> Some fun practical kills. Head smush. Oh no, that was yes, terrible. I, I, yeah. Uh. Well, well no. Uh, the, again, the pool one I liked. Uh, it's also pretty well made considering the budget, uh, but my one better thing is *Terrifier* 2, because it's definitely the better low-budget horror movie that had cinema time and made money. Um, also, it, it's if Police's Punch refers to the wife-beating puppet, then I take it back. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That's a good point. Where does that phrase come from? If it is to do with uh, Punch, then that's probably best avoided. Uh, nevertheless thank you so much for writing in Mark Reed I will have more to say on the idea of low budget uh, horror making money in a moment after I've read the next one Um, sorry we poo-pooed some of your um, better things there but yeah the practical gore I'd love to have seen more of and for it to have been a little bit more careful and the I don't know the the filmmaking was a little glossy and bland to me in a way that has become quite standard like drone shots are featured in abundance in this and I think a drone shot is typically a sign of uh, of cheap filmmaking these days Mm. Jennifer Sons writes in, on Facebook. Or whatever the fuck this thing's called. I really appreciate that there is low-budget horror like this being made in these days of big studios. Also, wrestling IP from Under the Shroud of Disney is great. As far as the movie itself, it is understanding that the composer took the assignment seriously and put in a ton of effort. I found it very overwrought. Um, There were even some instruments that that had honeycomb in them. That's quite fun. Uh, It makes me think that this production was not entirely cynical. There's always someone putting in the effort. For some reason, it does also make me think of a one better thing, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which has been recommended for this podcast before. I've heard lots of good things. I've not seen it. So, philosophically, yes. Taking taking a property from Disney, being a low-budget movie that actually makes money, yes. But it's not uniformly a good thing. And I still think this film is a very cynical effort. I think it's trying to exploit... Because what you've got with horror film is... It's a pulp medium. By which I mean there is a very large level of demand, Mm -hmm. a somewhat undemanding fan base, Mm -hmm. and a low barrier to entry. Those three things together make it pulp. You know, it's like anime in Japan. It's like detective novels back in the 50s or the old Victorian horror stories. It means a lot gets made because it's easy enough to sell it to this huge crowd. And the result is, in any genre, in any medium... 90% of the work is going to be mediocre or bad. But because a huge amount of it is being made, it makes that 10% grow, you know, because there are just, it's more likely to hit it. If it's a one in 10 chance and you're making 100 movies instead of 20, more of them are going to be good. It means that people who have a unique voice and interest and enthusiasm are going to be able to find a way into the industry. And you find that, like Mike Flanagan came up in the trashy DDD horror films of the you know, noughties and made good films like Absentia, and that before working his way up to Oculus and, you know, beyond. So there's potential, but I just, I I feel like this is just part of the 90% of terrible movies. You know, it's, there's no vision here. And even though it's not Disney because he doesn't have the means, he's just as cynical and exploitative as Disney. So I don't think it represents a triumph for the small filmmaker this film. I think this is just a cold money-making effort from a charlatan.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: <laughs> Yay. Sorry, Ayochi team, but thank you very much for recommending it, Mark, Mike, uh, Mark Reed. It's very good to keep up with this kind of thing, to keep an eye on the state of the art, so to speak. <laughs> and it certainly was interesting. <laughs> oh dear. Let's talk about The One Better Thing. The
1: One Better Thing. One Better Thing. I've got one three. Ooh, wow! Okay, go for it. Our first one is probably the same, right? Uh-huh. It's gonna be Cocaine uh, Bear.
0: Oh yeah, there's Cocaine Bear. Absolutely. Okay, so
1: Cocaine Bear we saw uh, one of the first films we saw this year. We both yeah. laughed all the way through it. Yeah, There was some that's amazing. Amazing gore, good performances, funny bits, yeah. um, good filmmaking. The bear was like done really well, and there yeah. were people you cared about, um, and there was yep. like character development. Um and it wasn't too long. It was still like a relatively, you know, it was two hours at most. Yeah. Um and yeah, everyone should go and see Cocaine. But highly recommended yeah. from two avid horror fans. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it was really fun and quite playfully subversive and set itself all around these genuinely effective
1: set pieces. Cool. Uh, yeah. Another one is Bodies, 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 and the reason I choose this is because it's a Generation Z, like one by one killed horror movie right so yeah um this is a it tries to be like a gen z thing because you've got the chick in the hot tub who's doing her instagram and it's like yeah. get your phones away nobody's scrolling on instagram all weekend you know this kind of like trying to be like you know kind of yeah early 20 year olds whatever bodies 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 is
0: that the last time that? you see them all speak Aside from Maybe. the fact when, of the bit where she's telling her story to them and they're all just like, be like, oh, that's so fucked up. Like, aside from that, is that the only time they speak to each other? Well, as a group, I, mean, it I think is. it might be. Yeah. Fuck me. Sorry. You were saying, um, yeah, and Bodies Body Bodies,
1: Bodies, 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 Bodies does that so well. Like, it takes so well. Generation Z and takes the absolute piss out of them. And, like, like, every single person has a kind of Gen Z archetype, but it doesn't feel like they're doing it in... That way, it feels like these characters are genuinely just like horrible Gen Z people, and but you also yeah. care about the lesbian couple in the movie, so they also have a lesbian I couple think... that you actually care about in that movie. Um, yeah, so again, just an amazing horror slasher film that is definitely worth seeing if you are fans and also funny in a lot of parts it is very funny funny.
0: and in spite of making fun of like some generation z hang-ups it still is so rooted in the characters Mm. and they're complicated but they're not entirely unlikable you know there's unlikable things about them and they end up slipping up in ways that feel very believable and you know very universal in terms of how they start coming apart but yeah, like literally, all of the horror comes within them, within the way they treat each other. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's good
1: stuff. Uh, and the last one is is kind of sidestep, but the reason I'm putting it in um, will become clear. It's the descent, and the reason I, I oh, choose yeah, that sure. is just part as largely because that it's based around uh, female characters. So it's a horror film where the main cast yeah. are female, like all of them apart from obviously Christopher robin in this but yeah i think that that's and it's relatively low budget and terrifying like truly truly terrifying film uh one of the ones that even i get scared at and i'm so desensitized at this point like (laughs) it's really difficult for me to be scared at horror and i'm i am terrified of the descent so yeah yeah
0: absolutely so i'm gonna
1: go yeah slightly different way i'm gonna go with
0: um actually in spite of all the good work that small studios are doing and i could actually find some really great small budget horror movies there's one out right now there's taught to me mm. which is extremely good although i think it might also be supported by a24 so it is a24 it is a i its I do not know if a24 made it though if they just bought it but nevertheless it's a very good film and it's out there but i'm actually going to go for a disney film i'm just going to point you towards christopher robin uh, the film from 2018, which if you didn't see, was a surprisingly affecting film about Christopher Robin growing old and going back to Hundred Acre Wood and discovering all the people he left behind there with Aww. a lot of the original voice actors um, returning, but also with Ewan McGregor and Hayley Atwell. And it's just really quite affecting, you know, it's it's a very beautiful and kind of melancholy story about growing up and about the place that childish things still has in our lives and about what childhood the childhood archetypes kind of meant to us it comes from a director who's not always brilliant it's mark foster who's made such sort of misses as uh, quantum of solace and um oh god stay um the movie that ellen brought to the podcast um, another ewan mcgregor film which Oh dear, I was not a fan. <laughs> and World War Z. Um, uh, but recently he's made something a bit better. He's made uh, A Man Called Otto, the remake of A Man Called Ove, which was... um yeah, it was all right. Um, <coughs> back in the day he made Monster's Ball and uh, Finding Neverland, which I believe were better received. Mm. But yeah. Oh, and he made The Kite Runner, which was very good. So hit and miss, this guy. But yeah, Christopher Robin was a very surprise hit and it looked beautiful. There were so many moments in that film that looked like Terrence Malick. It's just weirdly gorgeous as a film. So... Yeah, I recommend awesome. Christopher Robin. The One Better Thing. And I think that's just about going to do it here at OGT. So, yeah, Katie, can people just look out for your other appearances? Yeah, I mean,
1: on... if you want this week, I'll be on the next episode of Jen and the Film Critic with Paul. And yes, Jen, you will. Talking about Bob and yep. um, Which
0: hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, sweet listeners, will have already gone out. <laughs> hopefully.
1: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, look out as well, coming up in... October, November, the newest oh episode God. of We See Saw, where oh we review Saw X, yes, which will be out by yes. that time. So yeah, definitely yes, of course, out we're gonna we're gonna
0: pick up on We See Saw. because we also have some Macbeth to c- catch up on as well. But yeah, so look out on Screen Mayhem for that. Um, and in Patreon, you're gonna get a little sneak preview of our um, of that episode because we're gonna go ahead and have our first look. The nine of us have watched it yet the trailer for saw I'm x so very excited, excited about that like, join us in patreon for that <laughs> and you can find out more about everything in the episode description uh, but ott pod is the main thing you need to find us on patreon on uh, x on meta whatever the fuck anything is called <laughs> these days the socials. Just look out for us the socials just ott pod is what we are uh, we're not on freds or mastodon we're terrified by the concept but look out for us elsewhere <laughs> I'm Paul Elsewhere.
1: And I'm Katie, who you'll probably see elsewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. What was something we both liked? <laughs> oh god. Um, <laughs> The animated opening. Yeah, let's go that. Okay, the one good thing about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is the animated opening. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>